0: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, how about those Buccaneers? It's a Victory Monday in Tampa Bay. Hey, everybody, this is the Rick and Tom Podcast. We are Tom Jones and Rick Stroud at the Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Verstik. We'll try to get through this podcast, Rick, as best we can. I don't know how we're going to do it. I had trouble writing my column. I forgot how to write a Bucks win column. Let's see if we can talk about. It. I know there's a lot. There was a big weekend in college football. Lots of upsets. Lots of shaking up in the polls. Lightning with a great trip out west. We'll hit those topics later this week on the podcast. But today, we're going to dig into the Bucks' fifteen to ten victory against the Jets. Rick, I don't care that it was the Jets. I don't care that it was Josh McCown, a quarterback. A win is a win, and the Bucks got themselves a win on Sunday. That was not a work of art, but uh, you know, you don't you don't apologize for wins either.
1: They sure did, and they they said exactly what you said. It doesn't really matter, and it was ugly, and, and uh, <laughs> it was lipstick on a pig type stuff. But, um, you know, you go into a game against a Jets team that 10 days ago beat the Buffalo Bills and did it so soundly, especially on defense. And you, you kind of knew that the Jets would make it sort of an ugly brawls, you know, knuckles game type thing. Right. And that's what it was. I mean, if you think about this game, Tom, uh, neither team could average three yards a carry. They combined for 13 punts. Uh there was you know the touchdowns were both scored late in the fourth quarter essentially. Um this was a 9 to 3 game, you know, for the longest time and um apologize to anybody who actually likes football but it was it was hard to watch um quite frankly and I didn't pay to get in. So uh, but <laughs> Rick, but you all, said, you, all said, said something to me bef-
0: you said something to me before the game. You said the Jets have a tendency to make teams look bad. Like yeah. how, like what did you like how do you mean that? Like
1: well, defensively, I mean, they're good enough, you know, especially up front, and um, you know they do a nice job in early downs of, of bringing the right the right kind of blitzes and and just you know getting you into sort of third and longs. They're not going to let you run the ball, really. I mean, they're they're very good. They're, they're pretty darn good against the run. They've had a couple games where teams broke out against them, but for the most part, they've shut down the run. They put teams in third and, 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 and long. And today. Uh, I think there was eight or nine first down runs that produced zero or minus yardage. So, um, you know, the Bucks seem to be second and ten, second and eleven all day, which is a hard way for any quarterback, let alone Ryan Fitzpatrick, making his first start this year. Um, you know, to to really do much. But you know what? It, it's sort of what it's sort of who Fitzpatrick is, and it kind of is exactly what they needed. Tom, we talked about this. Um, when we realized that you know Jameis was going to be out, and we'll talk also about some of the the news that Jason uh, like dumped before the game uh, on a pregame show about about Jameis, but that you know when you when you realize that you can't just hang it all on your franchise quarterback to bail you out, I think everybody on that football team um, you know decided to play not harder but but maybe smarter and better and that it would take a full team effort, you know, and that it wasn't just going to be the offense picking up the defense or, or vice versa. Today it felt like that defense went out there to take control of the game. They got a couple of turnovers, they got field position, and they kind of grinded it out. And that's, that's sort of not a bad thing if you're the bucks, because I think way too much has been put on the shoulders of this quarterback.
0: You think that they're, and you've said, you've mentioned this, you think that they've relied a little bit too much on Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, looking at the, at the day that Ryan Fitzpatrick had, I didn't expect much more than that. He was seventeen to thirty-four for one hundred eighty-seven yards, threw one bad interception, but he threw a touchdown pass. They moved the ball at times. They had that nice long drive, seventeen-play drive, that unfortunately ended up in a, with a field goal, and they still didn't put a ton of points on the on the scoreboard, Rick. But they, I don't, there was something about the offense that that at times clicked a little bit more. If I'm looking back at this game, I'm not disappointed in the way that Ryan Fitzpatrick played. It's kind of what sort of best case scenario in my mind as far as what you're going to get from Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: I think you can get more from him. You know, they didn't have Mike Evans, which was a big deal. That's true. They didn't use either tight end in the passing game, which I. I frankly predicted they would use both those guys a lot. Yeah, OJ
0: Howard didn't get targeted once. And I think no, braided, Cam Brady maybe like once. Times, or maybe three he times. Wait, well, they yeah. targeted him three times. And he only caught one ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't like those guys. So if you take them out of the equation, it was really um, Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin who was targeted more than anybody about 10 times. And both That's those right. guys came up big. I mean, they just continue to keep raving about the attitude uh, of late in the, in the work that Deshaun Jackson's putting in, he's not getting rewarded for it per se, but he is beating his guys. And I guess he had some things to say after the game we can talk about later, but, um, you know, for the most part, Fitzpatrick had to overcome a lot. I mean, when you, when you're behind the sticks as much as they were today, and then third down, you know, you're going to get the, the bonsai blitzes that he faced. What they did was they converted pretty well on third down at times, you know, they didn't have a bad percentage doing that. And you're right. They, you know, they, they had the one drive and made just enough yards. I mean, you know, the, the touchdown drive, they were third and 14 and they run sort of a, you know, sidecar left toss to Charles Sims. They block it up well, and he ends up getting 21, 22 yards and they go on and end up with a touchdown to Sims. So, um, you know, that, that was, it turned out to be the winning points, but uh, there there just wasn't a lot to be had against against the Jets because they do they they can kind of make you look bad, and I just thought that the defense and the offense and Brian Anger kind of helped play field position and really gave the Jets the longer field all day long.
0: You mentioned third down. Uh, the Bucks were 7 of 16 for 40%, 44%, which most weeks pretty good. Yeah, you'll take mm-hmm. that as much as you can. We'll get into defense in just a minute. But I did want to talk about the Jameis Winston situation because you yeah. talked to Jason Light before the game, and the original plan, Rick, was – Maybe miss a couple of weeks, sit him down, let that shoulder heal up a little bit, whatever's going wrong with it, just see if a couple of weeks might help him. And now, this was even before we saw what happened in Sunday's game, uh, there was some talk that it might not be a two-week
1: situation. Could be longer? It definitely definitely is going to be longer, it sounds like. I mean, he went on, you know, he does his Building the buck segment uh, with Gene Deckerhoff on the pregame show, and, you know, Gene... You know, quite rightly asked him about Jameis's situation, and he said, "Well, look, you know, we've said that uh, you know he's not going to play these next two weeks. Then we're, we're going to reevaluate. There hasn't been any more damage, but I can tell you that this could be, an, you know, for an extended period of time, uh, and that you know they are in no rush. And in fact, you don't have to read the tea leaves on this too much to say, I mean, I, look, they're two, they're three and six now. If for some, if for some weird reason." They go and they beat Miami and they're four and six and maybe uh, maybe Fitzpatrick plays another week or two, um, and they continue to win. First of all, why would you take them out if they're that hot, right? Sure. They probably wouldn't, wouldn't want to make a change in that in that scenario. And two, I mean, when you get into December, Tom, what it would be the wisdom of bringing Jameis Winston back? Um, I, I just feel like they're setting this up for whatever reason, and it, and it doesn't really shake out to what they told us the last 4 weeks which is hey he's hurt he's got a shoulder uh AC joint sprain he can't hurt it anymore if he plays um you know it's a pain management thing and then it's like oh no 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 this is same injury we're we're, we're going to be really cautious now well, well what's changed i'll tell you what changed 2 and 6 changed sure you know i mean they're not going to they're not going to tell you they ran the white flag up but you know, let's face it, they don't think they're going to win a division with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm. That's not to say the players are, are, are thinking that way. But as an organization, they don't want an Andrew Luck situation. They don't want to put him back out there in harm's way and get him hurt and and, and miss him for next year. Um, and, you know, so I, I think this feels like, to me, I, I'm trying to think of the scenario you would want to bring Jameis Winston back this year.
0: I'm with you on that. Look, they're 3-6, and six, and we're trying to figure out what it all means. And, obviously, they need to take care of their own business. Go to Miami, see what happens there. Unfortunately, the Saints are rolling. They went up to Buffalo and kicked,
1: no, they're the, real. Yeah. kicked
0: the heck out of the Bills. Now, they, yeah, they look like a real football team. And now Atlanta got its act together on yeah, Sunday with a nice victory mm-hmm. against Dallas. So I don't really know that the Bucks made much of a dent into anything, even if you start to project. I'm starting to look at this thing and wonder deep down, like, they can maybe lose one more game the rest of the year if they're going to make the playoffs, and I don't think that's possible at this point. I'm with you, Rick. My number one priority, the only thing I'm concerned about right now is James's health, so uh, why would you bring him back if there's any risk of him even hurting it a little bit more? Or if he's hurting at all, I would not rush to bring him back. I know what you said about, boy, it'd be nice to get him in there before the end of the season, sort of going into next year, but I'm also... I, I think you agree with me. Like one season doesn't bleed over to another. This shoulder is the most important. That's the most important thing. Not next week's game against Miami, not the All week right. after against Atlanta, whatever it's Jameis's shoulder. So why would you, I'm with you. What would it, they have to win like five in a row. And right. at, at that point, boy, Josh or uh, Ryan. At Fitzpatrick that point, was... <laughs> the best story in the NFL is
1: Ryan Fitzpatrick.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, or or Ryan Griffin. It's it's whoever right, is, right. is, is authoring this this winning streak. So, or the defense or something. Like, there's going to yeah, be a right. bigger storyline than than Jameis is coming back. Um, but you're right. I mean, short of some kind of a miracle winning streak that gets him back in it, uh, I I don't see a scenario if if you're saying he's going to be out an extended period of time. But again, I go back to the original diagnosis. You know, Dirk said tonight, "The guy, been I've been upfront with everything I know," and and he's not a doctor. And now the doctors are sort of erring on the side of caution. I think organizationally, ask yourself this question: and I don't have the answer to this. How does this help or hurt Jason Light and Dirk Cutter for next coming back next year? Well, that's
0: a great question because we assumed that somebody asked me the other day, "What what's what would it take for Dirk Cutter to get fired?" And I and I would say boy, they'd only have to win another one or two games the rest of the year. If they end up winning only four or five games tops, then you could think it's hard for him to come back next season. But if they only win four or five games for the season and Jameis doesn't play in any of them, does he get a pass for that? I'm with you, Rick. I really don't know what to make of in terms of, of Dirk Cutter's future and Jason Light's future if, if Jameis doesn't come back. But I do know this. If you bring him back and he gets hurt for good, Mm. then that's an easy decision for me. Everybody goes. Because that's my franchise. And if you're going to screw around with that, then then I got no use for
1: you. (laughs) And let me just say that it is their franchise. You said it correctly. It's the Glazers' franchise. Right. And so regardless of whom they hire or don't hire or retain or don't retain, doesn't this feel a lot like the ownership saying, our quarterback's not playing again?
0: It does. Sure, it does.
1: It feels that uh, way. I mean, because, you know, medically, again, I keep going back. Wait, wait a minute. You, you know, medically, they said there's no further damage. He said it tonight. There's no further, there's no new injury. There's nothing. We've seen Dr. Andrews, you know, <clears throat> needs to calm down a bit, a couple of weeks, then we'll reevaluate. Well, what are you reevaluating if you're already saying he could be out an extended period of time? Mm-hmm. That's an organizational decision. That is not purely medical they might have a medical basis sure and a fear of of making some situation worse or requiring surgery or what have you but that is that is an ownership decision in my opinion and i think i think it rolls downhill
0: here's the other thing somebody asked me about uh about ryan Fitzpatrick, and he said is he capable of winning a couple of games here in the next few weeks i said he better be that's what's why'd you bring him in if he mm-hmm. wasn't capable mm-hmm. I realize that there aren't enough quarterbacks to go around in the NFL. There aren't thirty two, let alone sixty-four. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, if if he was if he's not good enough to come in and beat the New York Jets, then why is he here? There are plenty of right. other guys out there you could have tried to sign. I'll give them credit. They he did go out and he won a game today, but I'm with you, Rick. Uh, this the Jameis Winston thing feels like it's gonna be you know, you know how it is. You could sort of read the sort of read the tea leaves here. It just feels like Well, I would not be stunned if you told me after two weeks from now he's either going to play the rest of the games or he's going to play no more games. My gut tells me I would bet on no more games before before I'd bet on the rest of the games.
1: I would too. And I'm I'm wondering, and again, I don't have the answers to any of these questions, but I'm wondering how does Jameis, not that he can do anything about it, how does he feel about it? Because Mm -hmm. as competitive as that guy is, you know, in a few weeks, when that shoulder calms down, and starts to feel better, and he can throw the ball, now, you know, granted, it, to him, it won't matter if they have, you know, three wins or or six wins, right? At that point, he's gonna he wants to play, you know, he players play, and and he likes to compete. That's what that's what he's out there for. Um, but they're gonna, I mean, essentially, they're sitting on him. You know, they're gonna have to right. sit on him a little bit and tell him this is not in your best interest either medically or you know for the long term and and you know why why would we put you back out there it's going to be it's going to be a thing it's going to be a thing is what sure. i think
0: <laughs> he's not going to like it but i'll say this rick it's not as if he is rightly or wrongly it's not like he's looked at like he's jay cutler where He almost has to prove himself. Like, do you really want to be here? Do you really want to be out? No one's questioning James's toughness. No, 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 they won't. No one's questioning whether he's a competitor, whether he wants to be in there. So I don't think he has to go back out there this season to prove himself to anybody. No, in fact, I had
1: someone in the organization call him a, quote, warrior. Yeah. You know, for for what he's already done. And his teammates do know it. But the competitive side of him, you know.
0: All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
1: I don't know if they broke the news to him yet. Right. But (laughs) I'd like to see that meeting. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, Rick, I'm telling you, on uh, on Sunday's game, you look back now, and it was a it was a defensive effort, and it was a it was a really good. They got they got to the quarterback, six sacks, which almost equaled their their season yeah. total. They had eight coming into the game. Brent Grimes was back; he made a difference. He intercepted a pass. Levante David was a beast. I wrote a column about him on TampaBay.com. What was the difference, do you think? Other than well, thanks for bringing Josh McCown to town. What was the difference in, that you saw in this defense as compared to what some of the stuff we saw, you know, in the Buffalo game, the Arizona yeah. game, the Minnesota game, so forth?
1: Um, they didn't play a very good football team offensively. You know, um, you know, McCown has done some things. He's had a good year. He's, he came into the game completing 70 percent. But realistically, you look at who he's throwing to, um, you know, their their running backs are, are just okay Um you know, they're one guy that's injured. I mean, it's it's not a great offensive team, and you know, so you know, start there. I mean, they weren't they weren't playing a team that was explosive like potentially like Carolina can be, or um, you know, like we saw Arizona that day. So uh, that that helped them. But having said that, now I I really got to give credit to you know some guys that played like Robert Ayers who was hurt all week, and he went out there and played. Um, the linebackers, you mentioned Levante, but all three of them were outstanding, including Kendall Beckwith. I thought this was one maybe one of his best games and they went an awful lot. They didn't run a lot of nickel. They, 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 you know, based on the the personnel of the other team, they were able to go with a lot of three linebacker sets and do some things even, even when they were in nickel with keeping Beckwith on the field. I mean, I think their, their goal was to get the, the best 11 guys. Um, nothing went over their head. Um, you know, they got after the quarterback. You mentioned the six sacks. McCown did not have a lot of time, and it looked like a Josh McCown game. It looked like the ones we saw when he was 1-10 for the Bucks, <laughs> where he's throwing the ball hot, he's getting sacked a lot. I mean, six sacks. If you put a guy on the ground six times and you hit him a lot more than that, sure. then you know he's going to get rid of that ball fast and play a little hot potato, and he did. So it was a combination. It was, it was what they've been looking for, the combination of coverage. On the back end, and then and then pass rush working together.
0: They did play the Jets. It's not a great football team. I even with, I think they had four wins coming in. and Even those, yeah, four and five. Yeah. yeah, four and five. Would they're better, much better than I thought they would be. But it's still, seeing him in person. I wasn't re- blown away by the Jets. No. Having said that, though, Rick, it's still another NFL team. They still won, and there was a, a good vibe in the locker room as you would expect after the game. We were in there, and there was music playing, and guys were excited. Yeah. Does the, I but. I, don't, I think the thing I take away from this game is that I don't think the Bucks are as bad as we've seen them the last six weeks, they're not. seven weeks, or whatever. They're a little bit better than that. I don't know if they're a lot better than that, but this was more like who, who they are. I
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, and look, I mean, you know, when you're missing your starting quarterback, there's not, you know, Minnesota right now is playing with Case Keenum, who's as hot as any backup has been. But Case Keenum has started games in this league. Right. a number of them, and he's young and he's he's still, you know, gaining experience. Look,
0: and he threw and, the ball away a couple of times on Sunday to let Washington back into that game. It's not like he he's, did. Perfect, he's not
1: No, but I'm saying, like, um, for the most part, it's hard to win a game with your backup quarterback. Right. That's the point I was going to make. Sure. No matter who your backup is, you know. I mean, Green Bay won a game against a bad Chicago team with Ryan Hunley today, and it, it may get John Fox fired, but you just don't – it's hard to do. And then, you know, you go out there – uh, and you watch them. And I mean, Fitzpatrick has played a lot of football. I mean, this is his team, 117 starts. And he will tell you, this is a really talented group of guys on offense. And they don't even, didn't even have Mike Evans today. Uh, and then defensively, you know, you mentioned Levante's as good as a, uh, of a outside linebacker as there is in this league. And, Absolutely. you know, McCoy, when he's going, he had a sack today. And um, you know they, they they played big with Grimes, who has been a three time Pro Bowl player, and they have pieces. They have, you know, good quality pieces on both sides. Um, they haven't got much pass rush until today, but I mean this it's not it's not a horrible football team. It should not be a two and six team. I mean that that is not the start. Look, if they were anywhere near five hundred right now, you realize they'd just be well. New Orleans can't be beat, but if if they'd have beaten New Orleans. Right. You know they'd have been they'd have been like one or two games out of the South with, you know, four games left in the division to play. So this thing would have been a long, long way from over. Uh, and instead, I think they underachieved. And I think I will say this, and I, you know, other people will point to the the big holes on this team, like the lack of a pass rush, and you know the inconsistent defense, and you know the leaky secondary, and all those things are true. But I still say. That the story of this 2017 season, when it is written, will be that their quarterback Jameis Winston, who had been durable and made 40 consecutive starts, got hurt. And we talked about Marcus Mariota. Guess what? His team looks like it's going to the postseason. Marcus has been the guy that's been hurt up until now. So right. now the shoes on the other foot. I mean, there, that will be sort of. What spawned a bad year for the Bucks when it's all said and done?
0: I don't know that Dirk Cutter will be the coach in 2018, but if the if the story now is I don't know if he should come back because this team stopped playing, that's the wrong story. That team is still playing hard, Rick. I looked at that is. defense. I looked at the commitment that those guys were making. Joe McCoy came out of that game in the first quarter. I think it was the first quarter on he did. Sunday and limp to the locker room and it would have been very easy to look. We're 2 and 6. Yeah. We're playing a crappy Jets team. I'm not getting anything done today. Uh I'll see you guys next week if if not in 2 weeks. Instead, he worked his way back out there. Got a sack as you mentioned. I talked to uh I talked to a couple of guys after the game. I talked to Brent Grimes, I talked to Quan mm-hmm. Alexander, I talked to Levante David and all of them to a man I said, "Hey, you guys showed some pride today." And, and Brent Grimes said, "It's Sunday and we're if Sunday means we play football, and no one on that team has quit. I, I'll give Dirk Cutter that. No one's quit on this team. Well,
1: I'll give me, I'll, I'll go even a step further. I'll say that, you know, guys that had every opportunity not to play this week. On Monday, Dirk Cutter was, you know, if you looked at the injury list, it was daunting. Um, Donovan Smith did virtually nothing all week. He was limited by, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, uh, had a knee injury, limited on Friday. Um, DeMar Dotson had a hamstring problem. Um, you know, same deal where, where he finally got out there and did some stuff on Friday, and, and so you know they Robert Ayers was the same way. They had guys who on Monday and Tuesday Dirk was being told by the trainers, eh, I wouldn't count on him this week. And there's all no way of them, I thought
0: Donovan Smith was playing. No way, right? I thought
1: right. And all of them, all of them, to a man, sucked it up. It couldn't have been easy. They had to feel bad and sucked it up and played. And that that's sort of how you know. You know, because people ask you all the time, oh, I don't think they've quit on them. Well, they believe me, they had every reason those guys not to play, and no one would have faulted them, but they went out there and did it anyway.
0: Okay, I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit, I think, but only because deep down, Rick, I start looking at this schedule, and I don't think it's the most daunting schedule in the world. Uh, you got Atlanta a couple more times. You got New Orleans once more. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I'm looking at this thing. Miami. There's no reason they can't go down to Miami and win next Sunday, right? It's Miami. Miami.
1: Look, Miami. <laughs> yeah, Miami's not playing great. It's Jay Cutler. Um, you know, their defense is better than their offense. It's a similar team to the Jets, if you ask me. Veteran quarterback, except this was a guy who had actually retired. Um, <laughs> and you know, they're they've they've given up, uh, Jay Ajayi, who is you know sort of the, every the offense kind of ran through him and. You know, they've got some nice pieces on defense, but so did the Jets. Um, and, and, you know, Fitzpatrick, to his own admission today, says, you know, I it, it I can play better. You know, there there was really no reason for me to play as badly as I did. And you get Mike Evans back. Um, I can only go by what he's saying. I mean, Fitzpatrick has played some pretty good players, including, you know, that Jets team that went 10-6 and 6 two years ago with Brandon Marshall and others. And he really feels like – he goes, look, I'm not just saying that. This is a really talented football team. And I'm looking forward to, you know, being the quarterback and getting Dirk's plays and, um, and, and you know, using all these weapons because he feels like they really do have – now, you know, can, can they get on a run, Tom? I was thinking about this on the way home. If you could just dial up last year, for example, or the success that they wound up having and go, okay, right now, five-game win streak, five games, okay. So you're sitting here and you just got game number one. But, you know, you, you would end up being seven and six at that point. And who knows where you'd be going into the final month of the season. So anything's possible. It's very unlikely. I don't know how you win multiple games with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He would become the story of the year. Um, sure. But, again, I'll say this. It's been, you know, just two years ago, um, less than two years, if you consider we're only halfway through this one, when he took a team – And threw thirty what thirty one touchdown passes Mm -hmm. and won ten games with with the New York Jets team. So you're not asking them to win ten, but you know if you can get on a run here and run and and win you know the next three, you you'd make this real interesting for the last half of the season, and then the Bucks would have a decision to make. Here's the killer
0: thing too, Rick. When you look at this NFC and the division is uh, is not you're not going to catch New Orleans. I don't believe. Mm But, boy, this would have been a year that we talk about how difficult it is in the oh, NFC. Seattle, suddenly records, there's yeah. questions about Seattle because now mm-hmm. Sherman's out and who knows how far they're going to go. And Dallas is going to miss Elliott for the next month. And and yeah. they lost on Sunday. They don't look great. And you got no Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. And uh, there's mm-hmm. just really, I mean, you got every team that's leading their division is pretty good. But after that, it's a complete jumble. And there's no reason why. Boy, if seven and six, you'd be right in it. They're not going to get to seven and six. I can't imagine they're going to win four in a row. But boy, Mm -hmm. you just look back at a couple games now, and if they could have just found a way,
1: and Mm -hmm. I guess every
0: team says that, but man, they they might not be in. Well,
1: and the big second guess, the big second guess, and it was a first guess if you had it, is when Jameis got hurt going to Buffalo. He couldn't practice. Now again, best half of football maybe he's played ever was in Buffalo. But even even with that, they lost. And, and in hindsight, you wonder, they'd have made the switch then, you know, to Fitzpatrick, who had gone against the Bills. They wound up losing the game. But, you know, the point is, had Jameis had time to rest, had Jameis not been put right back out there without practicing, and then the next week not practicing until Friday, you know, could he be healthy right now? Could they have won a game or two?
0: That Carolina and, game. I look back at that because the Carolina game, he was awful. And if, boy, if you could have somehow found a way, because your defense didn't play that bad, win that game. If you had won that game, you're four and five right now. Right. And that's a right.
1: totally and that's different That's a big story different three three deal. Yeah, yeah, sure is. Yeah.
0: Do you mention Deshaun Jackson? I didn't catch this, Rick. You talked to some people after the game. Deshaun Jackson made some sort of speech.
1: Yeah, you know, and and I've been impressed by just how impressed everybody is the last three weeks with Deshaun Jackson, and it hasn't showed up on the stat sheet necessarily. He's not getting rewarded for it, as Dirk Cutter has said. Um, but apparently, the last really three weeks or so, um, you know, Jackson stopped worrying about what he couldn't control, which was guys throwing the ball, you know, too far or him being wide open and not getting the ball. Um, and he just, you know, just kept playing and. They say he's had the three best weeks um, that he's ever had with them and that he's, you know, not only, you know, sort of made his money, but but he's exactly, you know, he's exceeded what they need him to do uh, as far as effort and route running and leadership. So after the game, um, he, and this is unusual when you consider, first of all, his sort of his personality and also the fact he's new to the team is that he spoke to the team after the game. Hey,
0: I got a couple of words, man. Let's not forget where the f- came from. Yeah. Yeah. We can't get to excited one game. We still three and six. Have go. fun, go. celebrate. We still gotta come to work and Enjoy. put your hard yeah, hands let's on. Go, hey, let's go. go. Hey, the go. Hey, the goal is seven in a row. Let's turn it around and Hell yeah.
1: And I think gathering from what I talked to people, it was it was sort of look, he's he's probably been on teams that, you know, were three and six that, that then won the next five or six in a row and either won the division or made it to the postseason. He's telling them, in essence, you know, just because you won this week, you could be right back in the dumper again. But if we can keep this going, you never know, you know, where where it's going to take us. So um, they were all kind of inspired by that, and we'll see if they can make it two in a row in Miami.
0: Yeah, you're right. And that's, that's the idea, two in a row. They don't have to win five in a row. Just win two in no. a row and then worry yeah, about yeah. The, the third game after that. Um, and we'll find out more mm. this week about uh, – about the health of, of Jameis Winston. Probably again, he's not going to play next Sunday. And we'll, we'll be surprised to see just sort of what his what the plan is for him uh-huh. going forward. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Finally, some good news to talk about with this Tampa Bay Bucs team. Hopefully you have subscribed to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and all the places you get your podcast. You can reach us on Twitter, the podcast. Twitter handle is at Rick Tom podcast. You can also reach Rick at NFL Stroud. You can reach me at Tom W. Jones. Again, our producer, Steve Versnick. Thanks to him. Have a great day, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.